0: Welcome to Gabby Talks, the podcast. Lesbian love stories. Hello, guys, and welcome to the first ever podcast episode for Gabby UK. We are very excited to be here. I say we, meaning this is a group, this is a safe space for women of color who are lesbian or queer to come and gather, feel safe share experiences, meet new people, form new connections, and possibly find romance as well. That would be the ultimate ideal for Gabby UK. So my name is Ray. I am your host. I am the face behind Gabby UK. Gabby UK stands for gay and black in the UK, gay, female, and black in the UK, and uh, just worked out nicely to be a female's name as an acronym. So that's why it's called Gabby UK. So as far as the show goes and is going to go, we will be talking about a wide range of topics that all affect the lesbian community, that all affect the black lesbian experience in particular. Just to be clear, if you are an ally, you're more than welcome to support this channel, to support this cause, just good vibes only. I'll be doing a podcast episode once a week under a different topic heading. So today's one will be lesbian love stories. There's a whole range of topics that we're going to cover from film reviews and poetry to cuisine, philosophy, reflections, stereotypes, you know, lesbian culture, parenting as an LGBTQ person, dating tips, lesbian and queer history, and many, many more. Very excited to get into it, as well as lesbian comedy, because let's be honest, some of our comedy is the top tier, top tier, some of the best, finest comedy in the world. Today's topic will be lesbian love stories. The love story between Alice Walker and Tracy Chapman is one of the most beautiful lesbian love stories ever told, ever heard, and ever lived. And, you know, Tracy Chapman is a very reclusive woman, she really hasn't been in the in the limelight too tough. Like she doesn't like to be in the spotlight. She's very private, and that's that's perfectly understandable. Alice Walker, on the other hand, is is quite happy to to speak, and you know, in interviews, she has spoken. She has touched very lightly and very gently on her relationship with Tracy Chapman, and whenever she has done this, it's been very. Um, very tender. You you can sense and perceive that this meant a great deal to her. In fact, she did refer to Tracy as one of her greatest loves. And I just live for that statement. It's just, I mean, this is exciting stuff. So it's so rare to see high profile black lesbian couples. And I know this happened in the nineties and they're no longer together, but the impact that they have left, it's like they've left a legacy on lesbian culture, lesbian history, and, and it's just important to talk about. Alice Malsenia Walker was born on February 9th, 1944, in Georgia, Atlanta. And for those who don't know, she's an American writer whose novels, short stories and poems are noted for their insightful treatment of African-American culture. Her novels, most notably The Color Purple, which was published in 1982 has been of particular interest in popular culture. Now that movie, if you haven't seen it is fantastic. I mean, really emotive, the characters in that movie. I mean, you know, it's got an all star cast directed by Steven Spielberg. It's just, you know, Steven Spielberg actually sought that book out and wanted to turn it into a movie because of the power behind the novel. And Alice Walker is a tremendous writer. She's very prolific, as as you'll see as the podcast goes on, but as the episode goes on. But, yeah, we've just got to take a minute to really recognise her contribution to the collective consciousness. Now, in the book, Seeley, the character played by Whoopi Goldberg, you know, has a romantic relationship with Shug, who's played by Oprah Winfrey. And Danny Glover's in that movie. It's a great film. It really is. So... You know, that that was the first kind of mainstream novel to explore a lesbian relationship in the way that it did and with the tenderness that it did. And it certainly was a pivotal point in the movie. It was not left out at all. Tracy Chapman, as we all know, as I'm sure you must know, if you don't know, don't worry, I've got you. She wrote Fast Car. Now that song is just epic. That song is so beautiful. It is one of the most amazing Yet, simplistic songs um in terms of chord progressions, there's only four chords, and yet the melody is haunting. You cannot forget about that song once you've heard it. We are going to dive into that song a little later and why it's you know how it's been so instrumental in popular culture. So Alice Walker was the eighth child of African American sharecroppers. Sharecropping for those who don't know is basically where you you till the land you you get assigned a piece of land from you know a landowner you till that land and then you pay the landowner a percentage of rent in the form of, of a percentage of crops you pay the rent in in the form of a percentage of the crops and you know for a lot of African-american families after slavery just after slavery that was the only viable kind of career path and you know supporting a large family of eight um, or ten, including the parents, you know, it was a very honourable line of work to be in. But it was also not without its challenges. Now, while growing up, Alice was accidentally blinded in one eye. And so her mother gave her a typewriter, which allowed her to write instead of doing, you know, the laborious chores that her siblings were doing, because obviously she, she was now at a slight disadvantage physically but that didn't you know that didn't that, that that is where alice really found her voice and her calling so she grew up in in this small town in georgia and she began writing poetry as a means to express herself and to understand her world in the face of crushing poverty and the rampant racism that was happening during the jim crow era in the deep south she received a scholarship to attend spellman college where she studied for 2 years before transferring to Sarah Lawrence College. Now, after graduating in 1965, Alice moved to Mississippi and became involved in the civil rights movement down there. She also began teaching and publishing short stories and essays. So she has, she's always been in, in academia. She's always been in literature. I mean, this is just her passion. Now, in 1967, a couple of years later, she married the Jewish civil rights lawyer, Melvin Leventhal, which led to consistent harassment from the KKK. As you can imagine, this would have been very strenuous on both them as individuals and on the marriage. They actually became the first legally married interracial couple in Mississippi. So this was groundbreaking stuff they had a daughter before divorcing in 1976. So the marriage lasted about nine years. And I would imagine, and I'm just speculating here, that, you know, the external pressures did play into the demise of that marriage, unfortunately. But it could have been other things as well. What we do know is that Rebecca Walker, Alice Walker's only child, is an American novelist, editor, artist and activist in her own right. Now, Tracy Chapman, dated Alice in the mid 90s, as I said. And like most relationships of the time, at the time, very few people knew about it. I mean, it wasn't as popularized as it has been the years that have followed. And it wasn't even clear that they were actually dating until I mean, they'd been seen together, they had been photographed together. But Alice confirmed it in an interview when she was talking about her novel, The Color Purple. Uh, for which she won the Pulitzer Prize in 1983. Now, one thing I love about Alice Walker's writing and and you know her her soul, because every author has a tendency to allow their soul and their DNA to bleed into their into their work. The torrid and tender love affair between Celie and Suge in the color purple made it the first major novel to depict love between two women as a natural and beautiful thing. You know, it wasn't taboo. It wasn't, uh, well, it was a bit taboo in in, in the way that it was uh, written in, in terms of it was a bit, a bit naughty, but the actual love between them and the actual romance between them, I mean, it was tender and it was raw and it was just beautiful. Now, speaking about her sexuality, Alice has said, I'm not a lesbian, I'm not bisexual, I'm not straight, I'm curious. If you're really alive, how can you be in one place the whole time? That doesn't work for me. In an interview with Gail King, Alice revealed that she did have this bisexual personality, even though she doesn't like to label herself. And, you know, after this... Revelation, she also admitted that Tracy Chapman was one of her great loves. Alice fell in love with Tracy right after listening to her single fast car. When she was told that people are still fascinated by her love affair with Chapman in the 90s, her face lit up at the mention of her name. She answered, yeah, I loved it too. Absolutely. When reflecting on their time together, Alice said, it was delicious. Alice said, It was delicious, and lovely, and wonderful, and I totally enjoyed it, and I was completely in love with her, but it was not anyone's business but ours. Chapman has not publicly commented on their relationship, and she continues to maintain a strict separation between her private and public life, but those words that Alice used to describe her love affair with Tracy are just soul touching, because you really feel the sincerity neither of them ever discussed why they went their separate ways. And that just adds to the mystery. That just adds to the myth and legend surrounding why they broke up and how they got together. And, there, you know, we just have so many questions. We have so many questions. So Tracy is not on any social media platforms. Neither does she give interviews or appear on news channels or any form of public communication. But one thing we do know is that between Grammy winning Tracy Chapman and Pulitzer Prize winning Alice Walker, their love story is one of the most interesting love stories of the mid 90s, which itself was a romantic time, let's be honest, it's the, the 90s are so nostalgic. If you were born in the late 80s, and you grew up in the 90s, if you know, you know, the 90s were it. I mean, they were lit, everything was right. TV programs, the, you know, the sitcom series, cartoons, the music, Fashion like everything was just top tier. <laughs> so that really was a golden age for a lot of people, including myself. And you can have more than one golden age, so don't you worry about that. So Tracy Chapman is actually said to be dating Guinevere Turner now. And she's been dating her since 2010. So for quite a while now. Getting on what well, 13 good years. Now, for those who don't know, Guinevere Turner is an American actress. She's a writer and director. And guess what? She wrote the film American Psycho. Yes, that American Psycho. The, yes, that one. The one that you're thinking of with Christian Bale. Yes, she wrote that. And the notorious Betty Page. She wrote that film as well. She's also played the lead role of the dominatrix Tanya Cheeks in Preaching to the Perverted. She was also a story editor and played recurring character Gabby DeVoe on Showtime's The L Word. Yes, The L Word, the absolutely legendary Sex and the City equivalent for us lesbians. I mean, that 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 program was just life. It, I mean, Pam Greer, are you kidding me? And I quite like to fashion my, I like to think that I'm Shane. I see a lot of similarities between Shane's character and myself, if I'm going to be honest. So yeah, I'm, I was absolutely here for that show bring it back guys like reruns we'll take the reruns okay we'll take the reruns so back to Tracy and Guinevere Tracy and Guinevere were known to settle down rather quickly in true u-haul lesbian style back in 2010 when they first started dating they were looking for properties in LA at the time and you know a close source said that everything just clicked. Tracy and Gwyn are in love and excited to start a new chapter in their lives. So that was in the National Enquirer back then. They they revealed their relationship to the public during the Outfest Gay and Lesbian Film Festival in L.A. And they've been together ever since. Definitely happy for them. You know, as long as Tracy's happy, I'm happy. Guinevere is around 55 now and Tracy's about 60 can't believe how much time has passed. If I tell you when Fast Car came out, you might fall off your seat. I mean, it came out 35 years ago. It came out 35 years ago. I'm 36. I'm about to be 37. So, you know, you mean to tell me that when I was two, that song came out. It's just hard to believe. If you'd said to me 20 years ago, okay, you know, I can, I can get my head around that. But 35, that's nearly 40, which is pushing half a century. That is incredible. You know, it's really incredible. And the song is timeless and ageless. So it's all good. So they are both big on, you know, charity work and humanitarian work. It's very important to both Tracy and Alice, respectively, they they have both forged their own paths in that way. I mean, from her early days of, you know, frontline civil rights battles in the South to crusading against female circumcision in Africa and, you know, more recently highlighting the humanitarian struggles and injustices in Rwanda, the Congo and Palestine, Alice Walker has spent her life fighting for people's right to experience the beauty of a life lived outside the shadows of oppression. And that is just so commendable. So now we come on to Tracy Chapman. Uh, I love this woman. Absolute goals. She's the only black woman ever to have a solo writing credit on a number one country song with Fast Car. Tracy is, yes, she's an American singer-songwriter with four. Now, I mentioned that Tracy has a Grammy. She actually has four Grammys. Her song Fast Car gained renewed popularity this year after Luke Combs' Luke Combs? Luke Combs? I'm going to go with Combs because there's only one O in it. If I'm wrong, you please feel free to correct me. I hate being wrong with names. Luke Combs covered that song and it went viral. Fun fact, other artists, including Sam Smith, Justin Bieber and Khalid, have also covered Fast Car. So a bit about Tracy's background and how she shot to superstardom with just that one classic song. Actually, it was the whole album It was an instant hit, but we'll get to that. Tracy was born in Cleveland, Ohio in 1964. Her parents divorced when she was four years old. She was raised by her mother, who bought her a ukulele when she was three years old. And she began playing guitar and writing songs at age eight. Now, Tracy, just like Alice did, she grew up during a time when racial tensions were high. She endured racial abuse and assaults on her way home from school. She saw education as her way out of Cleveland and out of poverty. She says the city had been forced to integrate the schools. So they were busing black children into white neighborhoods and white children into black neighborhoods and people were upset about it. And so there were race riots. She told this to the Guardian in 2008. Now, Tracy, who said she's always loved school, won a scholarship to a private boarding school in Connecticut when she was 16 years old. She went to Tufts University, where she studied anthropology with an emphasis on West African cultures. In college, Tracy performed her own songs in coffee houses and on street corners. A classmate, Brian Koppelman, approached her after hearing her play and introduced her to his father, Charles Coppelman, who happened to be the head of one of the largest music publishing companies at the time. So Charles Koppelman facilitated the recording contract with Elektra Records. Right after Chapman graduated from college, she signed a contract with Elektra. They were a prominent label that played a crucial role in the development of contemporary folk and rock music. So her debut album, Tracy Chapman, was an instant hit. It sold six million copies in the US alone. Now, being a political and social activist herself, Tracy has performed at various concerts supporting human rights, AIDS and the anti-apartheid movement, in South Africa. She famously did a concert with Yusundur, Peter Gabriel, Bruce Springsteen and Sting and that was the Human Rights Now concert in aid of Amnesty International back in 1988, so just right around the time when she started to take off. She told The Guardian in 2002, I am fortunate that I've been able to do my work and be involved in certain organisations, certain endeavours and offered some assistance in some way. Tracy went on to receive honorary doctorates from both St Xavier University, St Xavier University, and her alma mater, Tufts University, for her social activism. In April, 2023, the South African presidency bestowed upon her the national order for her contribution to the fight for freedom by participating in efforts to free Nelson Mandela in the 90s, and raising awareness of human rights violations globally. What an honour. While many are thrilled that Fast Car is back in the spotlight, some are troubled by the fact that it was Combs and not Chapman who, you know, catapulted it back into modern fame. But Chapman herself has voiced support for Luke Combs' cover, saying, I never expected to find myself on the country charts, but I'm honoured to be there. She told Billboard, I'm happy for Luke and his success and grateful that new fans have found and embraced fast car. And she still gets all the royalties, so let's be honest, there's really nothing to complain about. She is one rich woman. Now, I mentioned earlier that Alice is a prolific writer. I'm just going to mention some of her works, so that, you know, if you want to go and check them out for posterity, you can have a reference point here. So, Walker's first book of poetry, Once, appeared in 1968 her first novel the third life of grange copeland was published in 1970 now this is a narrative that spans 60 years and three generations she released a second volume of poetry revolutionary petunias and other poems and her first collection of short stories in love and trouble stories of black women both appeared in 1973 the latter bears witness to sexist violence and abuse in the African-American community. After moving to New York, Walker completed Meridian, 1976, which is a novel describing the coming of age of several civil rights workers in the 1960s. Walker later moved to California, where she wrote her most popular novel, The Color Purple, 1982. This is an epistolary novel depicting the growing up and self-realization of an African-American woman, Celie, between 1909 and 1947 in a town in Georgia. So again, we see that mirroring of her life, elements of her life being mirrored in the life of Celie and and in the book itself. The book won a Pulitzer Prize, as we say, and was adapted into a film by Spielberg in 85. A musical version was also produced by Oprah Winfrey and Quincy Jones, which premiered, in 2004. Now Alice Walker's later fiction includes The Temple of My Familiar*, an ambitious examination of racial and sexual tensions, and that was released in 1989. Possessing the Secret of Joy, which is a narrative centered on female genital mutilation, and that was released in 1992. By the Light of My Father's Smile, the story of a family of anthropologists, posing as missionaries in order to gain access to a Mexican tribe and that was released in 1998 and now is the time to open your heart about an older woman's quest for identity. This was released in 2005. Now as you can expect when you're doing great things the naysayers are going to come out of the woodwork and some people were complaining that these novels uh, by and by people I should mention these are reviewers they mentioned that these novels employed new age abstractions and poorly conceived characters but to be honest Walker's work has continued to draw praise for championing racial and gender equality and I think you know that's that is the key thing she's being true to herself she's being authentic she's speaking to a very specific audience so it's not going to hit with everyone now she's also released the volume of short stories the way forward is with a broken heart and that was in 2000 She's released several other volumes of poetry, including Absolute Trust in the Goodness of the Earth, 2003. A Poem Traveled Down My Arm, 2003. Hard Times Require Furious Dancing, 2010. That, that sounds like a, something that my mum would say. It's a, quite an endearing term that uh, you know. I can imagine coming from an African household, actually. She wrote Taking the Arrow Out of the Heart in 2018. Her Blue Body, Everything We Know, Earthling Poems, 1991. That sounds very interesting. That's giving Avatar vibes. And, yeah, that that book of poetry collects poetry from Alice, spanning from 1965 to 1990. She's also written a number of essays, and they were compiled in... In Search of Our Mother's Gardens, Womanist Prose, 1983. Sent by Earth, A Message from the Grandmother Spirit, After the Bombing of the World Trade Center and Pentagon, 2001. We Are the Ones We Have Been Waiting For, 2006. And The Cushion in the Road, Meditation and Wandering As the Whole World Awakens to Being in Harm's Way, 2013. Alice has also written juvenile fiction and critical essays on such female writers as Flannery O'Connor and Zora Neale Hurston. She co-founded Third World Press, which was a short-lived publishing press in 84. It's no longer running. Throughout her career, Walker has occasionally attracted criticism, as we know. Notably, some African-Americans strongly objected to the perceived negative portrayal of black men in The Colour Purple. Yes, Alice hasn't been without her controversies. In later years, Alice, who's often spoken out against Israel's policies towards Palestinians, was accused of being anti-Semitic, with her support of a Holocaust denier drawing particular attention. Still, in spite of these criticisms, she continues to be a beacon of inspiration to millions of women, and particularly black women across the world, and LGBTQ women. Now, she has written a rather unconventional memoir, The Chicken Chronicles, 2011. And in this, she discusses caring for her chickens while musing on her life. Now, the last book that she's written, the most recent uh, thing that she's published, is a collection of her journals called Gathering Blossoms Under Fire. And that was published in 2022. So she's been writing all this time. There's a documentary about her. It's called Alice Walker, Beauty in Truth, and that was released in 2013. So if you'd like to check any of these out, please do. My sources for this podcast have been Insider, The Guardian, and Extra magazine. So there we have it. There's a lot that these two have accomplished. Alice Walker and Tracy Chapman have accomplished separately. And together, I can, can you not just imagine how explosive and intense the love affair between them would have been? And it would have had to be, because the way it crushed and burned so rapidly and without any explanation, you know this was a really torrid affair of the heart. This was a passionate affair. Us lesbians are passionate anyway. So, you know, Tracy is clearly of the U-Haul persuasion, as we've seen in the way that she's moved in, you know, rather rapidly with Guinevere and stayed with her. So the loyalty is there. The U-Haul quality is there. The passion is there if you listen to Fast Car. I mean, I don't need to explain her passion in the way that she sings and plays. So all the ingredients are there for a really, you know, explosive and exciting relationship. And then you've got Alice coming into it with her vivid imagination and her passion for life and her passion for causes that she cares about and her general compassionate nature. And I just see a really beautiful relationship that, that blossomed and peaked. Uh, and then exploded, like a star. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast. I've enjoyed sharing this with you, and I love the love story between them. And uh, it's got this Romeo and Juliet quality to it. They couldn't quite be together, but the love, the love was there. So that's pretty much wraps up this episode. Next time, I will be talking about the passing of Matthew Perry and why you know that has been significant to me personally and how his life has been a source of inspiration to millions, including the fact that, you know, we're reflecting on the significance of Friends at a time when we didn't really pay attention to the cultural significance of it. And I don't mean in terms of popularity, not at all. What I'm talking about is the themes that they explored in the show. So, you know, Ross's wife, Carol, being a lesbian, uh, and then, you know, that, her coming out to him and, and the whole situation right there. Chandler who was played by Matthew Perry of course his father being a trans woman which again very interesting you know we laughed at it at the time because it was portrayed rather comically but really there are some really profound things that they touched on including in the life of Chandler as well and we'll be getting into how this ties in to inspiring you to achieve your goals and to pursue your passions in life while you have breath. Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed this podcast please let me know by leaving a comment, liking, subscribing, following. And don't forget, you can find all my socials. It's at WeAreGabbyUK on TikTok and Instagram and Facebook. It's WeAreGabbyUK on YouTube. And again, the reason I've gone with we is because this is a safe space for black lesbian women and our allies. I want it to be a we vibe. I want it to be a communal vibe where we hear from each other and talk to each other. So thank you so much for listening and I will catch you on the next episode.